May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles end the way they should. May your bad days prove that God is good. May your whole life prove God is good. This is a song, a little snippet from Madison Ryan Ward. And tonight we're going to talk about part three of Suffering with a Purpose. We want to welcome you to our Lunch Note series, Suffering with a Purpose, part three. Part three. Part three. Welcome, 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 welcome. To be church folks. To church folks be talking. Right. Church folks be talking. <laughs> Lunch note edition. Lunch notes. Well, this is part three, part three. Of, of our conversation. And today we're going to talk about... We're going to finish Understand up. suffering in the redemptive... I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean to comfort those who suffer? I knew that phone was going to be... The antagonist of the day. I know, right? Uh-huh. What does it mean to comfort those who suffer? But before we get into that, we're going to talk about that and how to tell your story of suffering. Let's do just a quick recap, sir, of well, part two's we information. Recap, my name is Dr. Graham Brown. Oh my God, yes. This and my is... name's Dr. Frankie Graham Brown. Amen. You you never say your first name. So uh, mysterious. Uh, my, my first name, it is mysterious. I wouldn't leave it like that. Let's go. Let's say Pastor P. Period. Period. All right. So we last segment we we did we talk about some very interesting topic. Just want to yeah. quickly interview it. What it means to suffer with a purpose. Yes. Right. Understanding your suffering. We were talking about how suffering becomes your personal ministry. You become your personal yeah. ministry. Now we um, we understand our suffering to understand our suffering understand through the suffering of Christ. Mm-hmm. When we go to you know when we go to our own suffering that it takes meaning in Christ's suffering. Then we talk about it gives the opportunity to make true concrete for people. Right? Truth concrete for people. Truth concrete for people. When we share our story, our, right. sh- our stories. I'm struggling. Our stories our story of struggle. Of struggle, right? It make it concrete, right, man. And then it and it it encouraged people to depend on Christ rather than on us because mm-hmm. our suffering should point other to to Christ, not to us. Not to right? us, right? And then it encouraged humility and honesty, right? You know, they said honesty is the best policy. That they said. Kids don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> and then it redeems my story, our story, mm-hmm. your story, right? Because yep. now it's all about Christ, and not about us. Right. And we see we see um, Christ in a very in a bigger picture. He's he's being magnified mm-hmm. in our story, right? And then we talk about it makes my life a window to the glory of Christ, right? It's a window. People are able to see the power of God operating in our life, mm-hmm. right? When we depend on Him, it allows them to see us, right? Burn. Who God has made us to right. be. Right. And then finally, it it, it, it results in worship. It increases your worship with, uh, about God. Mm-hmm. Right? It brings us into a closer relationship. And that's what 
our suffering should do, bring us into a, a closer relationship. And with that, I want to read Second okay. Corinthians, um, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, and verse verse eight. And this is one of the scriptures that some of us are very familiar with. When Paul get caught up into the third heaven, and God shows some stuff, and God allow a thorn to pierce him and to keep him humble. And he prayed three times and asked God to to remove it, remove it. But God said to him, but my grace is made sufficient for you. And and in my strength, my power is made perfect in your weaknesses. And Paul said, I will glory in my weaknesses because when I'm weak, then I'm strong Mm. in Christ, right? You know, suffering is considered to be a privilege. You know, the fact... Is that it a privilege? The fact that God chose this moment for us or these moments to strip away everything in order to do his will. And it, it, it allows us to realize that but we, we don't are see not it in way. control. Or, in my big old book of notes, it means that we have not arrived. Not on the ride, but we're not in control. Period. And one thing COVID have taught us, or we think that we were in control of everything, it, 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 it stripped us away from that false reality. Right, because some of us didn't know how to handle it. And so that would be a great example to think hindsight. We're still very much still in it, but slowly removed. We'll look back on twenty in twenty thirty and we'll say, you know what, COVID really taught me some lessons. You know, it either made or broke relationships. Well I said in twenty thirty. This is just twenty twenty three. I ain't figured that out yet. You said twenty thirty? Yeah. I'm in years in the future, when we can say, let's look back on this, I can reflect what Okay, then, then what one thing you can say about what COVID of the past two years have, have, have you learned? Do you think people may see that as a way of suffering? Yes. Most definitely. Um, that this life is not our own. And it could be taken just like this. Mm. You know, the, the maskers, the unmaskers. You still got COVID. Whether you believe the government or not, um, it brought families together. We learned things about each other. Rest, rest, slow right? Down, right? Rest, slow down. And you know something? Did you learn something? Yeah, from I've COVID? learned. Yeah, I've learned a lot from that. One of the lessons I've learned is that I'm not in control. That was mine. You know, God you gotta is. Got to pick another one. Well, it's same thing. Well, I can pick another one. Yeah, I've learned that you know, in in every day. Yeah, I've learned how to be more God patient give God for my thanks. family. Yeah. In every and right, I've learned to value my family. Mm-hmm. Not just that I did not value my family, but it brings me to a more great appreciation. Value of family. Because... I learned how to make meats or beef more than one way. <laughs> She's talking can... about food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> but no, it 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 taught me that. You know, the psalm says that number my days that I may gain all of wisdom. That we, we don't take each day for granted. Every moment that God has right. given us, we take that as a moment. That was mine as well. To God more and more in our lives. So just say we had similar revelations. Yes, similar revelations. All right. So let's, let's go. So tonight we're going to talk about what does it mean to comfort those who suffer? I briefly talked about in part two how I was bewildered at a church member who attempted to ask me a question on how I felt, and I wasn't quite ready to give her the full response. And then as I perched my lips to prepare to respond, it. she walked away. Now, I'm not going to put that on her. What you 
What you got? No, go, what ahead, you doing? go ahead. Go ahead. I'm looking for the scripture. I'm not mad at that. Lightweight a little bit, but I'm not going to put that on her because the biggest question is how do we comfort others in their times of struggle? Mm-hmm. Are we prepared to put take on that responsibility to help others and see people through their trials? I think that's a bigger question. Right. And do we see our suffering as a redemptive and then um, instrument of God to bring us to a place where we need to? Because really, not only that, I was waiting on you to say, do we trust the right people? Are we trusting those to share so we can be comforted? Let me say this here. If you're in the church over 40 something years, uh, 50 years, or uh, 20 years, and you have not reached the point where you can trust somebody in the church, you're in the wrong church. Now I question your spiritual growth, right? Or are you that, in the wrong church? I in the wrong because church. Because who, who are the people that you're congregating with for 20, 30 years and you still don't trust them? But in a regard, yes, I know you understand we want to put our Because hearts, it's about community. Guard our hearts and protect it. I understand that. Yes, it is a community. And if we cannot trust the community, that's saying that we don't trust God. At some point, you also have to put yourself out there and just say, you know what? I'm going to share my, my, my issues and let God impress it on that person's heart to do right by me. Right, because God created, number one, we understand God is the one who created the community, not us. Because his spirit lives in us mm-hmm. and truth that the, we are created through this new image right. of Jesus Christ, as Paul says. So, you know, we have to trust the community. If we don't trust the community, it means that we don't trust God. Whose responsibility is that to, to create a community full of trustworthy people? Is that the pastor's pastor? It's does that reflect? Does that reflect on well, leadership? Well, number one, yeah, it reflects on leadership. If you got a church leadership. of untrustworthy people, but it reflects on biblical teaching to understand the, the what the what the the the, what the Christian community mm. should look like. It's a place where we can be vulnerable. It's a place where we can have understanding. This it's supposed. Where, it is a place where we can grow together. But whose responsibility is it for that place to have that it type of everybody. cultivation? It's not just the, well. The past has to cultivate with. Proper biblical teaching, right? Mm-hmm. What does that? What does the community of God look like? And once He teach that, then it takes everybody. As Paul said, don't neglect the assembly. No matter what situation you go through, it doesn't cancel out my responsibility to be part of the body of Christ. And right? it doesn't. It doesn't put that onus on one person either. Right. You know, we can't say it's all. It's all a pastor, but it is incumbent upon them to teach us how to do that how to be better stewards because, of right, people because we're right? talking about the community is a place of redemptive redemptive what of of, of redemption of, yeah redemptive mean rest, restoration of redemption right? yeah <coughs> um, restoration oh where we can talk and encourage each other and build each other up as paul said if one member if you say member in the body suffers committed a sin we all suffer we go to that person with the understanding with wisdom and restore such a person we don't go and talk talk down to the person or talk to the person we are there to restore that person into the redemptive plan of god okay all right i'm not sure we are talking about now the paradigm about suffering and comfort, right? What does it mean to comfort those who suffer? As we said in the second part, you know, when we read uh, Romans chapter five, Paul said we're glorying in 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 suffering. Mm-hmm. And how can a Christian glory in in suffering? Well, 
We glory in suffering because now we realize that the strength comes from God. What does it mean us. to glory? You, you, you're saying glory, and for those who might find a question about that, what does it mean to glory in suffering? What does that look like? What is that? What is glory? Does that mean worship? Oh, yeah, you can worship in your suffering because, well, to means to say... Well, for um, the glory part, what does that mean part, to glory? It means that when you glory in suffering, right, mm-hmm. we are exalting God in the midst of what we're going through. We say, Lord, we are depending upon you and you alone. Okay. And then you will receive the glory of what I'm going through. Okay. Because when we realize that we do not have the strength in that, that's what Paul said in, in Corinthians. Yeah. He said, you know, I'd rather boast in my infirmity. Right. Because it's within my infirmity, then the power of God rests upon me. And that's what it means to glory okay. in the suffering because now you can feel the very presence of God usher you in into a place where you can grow and become get strength okay. to go to your strength. I thought so. It just it just sounds weird too to cliche. glory. Too cliche. Not even cliche. It just no. sounds to glory in your sins. Like I don't I don't use glory like that. So I think that's that was my thing. I mean glory I know glory greens. No, you don't glory in Glory, sin. glory, hallelujah. No. But the glo- that glory right. So let's threw just me talk off. about the, the redemptive portion. Okay. Of of, of our suffering. Right? All right. Now, number one is that God is the source of true compassion. Mm-hmm. Right? We mm-hmm. got to understand that, that God is the source of true compassion. Let me read um, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul said, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Don't mm. forget that. God is the Father of all comfort. Father to whom? To those who have been redeemed through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? And they say, who comfort us in all our troubles. Not some troubles. Oh. In all of our troubles. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So we want to stop right there. That we may comfort others that they may experience the same comfort that we receive from God. They can experience the comfort from God. And let me just say this. If you haven't found comfort in God, it's going to be difficult for you to comfort others. Well, you know, it, right? it's go, right. Um, it, it go back to... Or it'll be stuff. it'll be a generic comfort. It'll be, again, platitudinous. Well, You're just saying something to say something. Right. And that's to say, you know, that true comfort really comes from God. Because but I feel like if, you, if you've been comforted by God, you can really comfort others. It's like if I know if I've went through that struggle, I can help you in your struggle. Well, Isn't and, that the and, point? right, let's go right back to the the purpose of the community, right? The purpose of the community is that we, we, the, the people of God, are able to express us to share the comfort of God because we receive it, so we reciprocate it. Mm-hmm. We're returning back to those who are suffering. Yeah. That's why. It's important because we understand that true comfort comes from God, right? We mm-hmm. don't look to our finance. We don't look to our friends and our family. Not say those friends and family are not important, right? Right. But they cannot give us the comfort that we're truly looking for. because They can listen, only put the Band-Aid over the, the wound. Right. They can't heal it, right? Because in our, in our emotion comes and goes, right? Mm-hmm. Feeling comes and goes. Mm-hmm. You know, in one moment, you're happy. You get excited. I feel good. And all of a sudden, when everybody's gone, it just, oh. I'm, you know, 
right back where I started. Yeah. But true comfort that comes from God is means that even when your friends are not around, you have these peace, as Paul said, that surpasses all understanding. That can, God give you a peace yeah. in the midst of what you're going through. That makes me think of the another adage: you can be alone, but you're not lonely. Right. Right. And it go back to what you know, Paul said in Romans chapter eight, verse. I'm gonna just read verse 35 and verse 39. I'm gonna read through it. He said, "Who shall separate us from the love of God, love of Christ? Shall tribulation, our disease, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our peril, our sword?" Nothing, he said, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. our Lord. So, no matter what you go to, Paul said, the true comfort is God Himself in the midst of what. No matter what we go to, yes, sometimes we feel like the world seem heavy, it seem mm-hmm. overwhelming. We want to quit, but when we understand that the true comfort is God. God is doing a redemptive work to us. He's the, getting us to the place where he wants us to be. The text says, when my identity is rooted in him, the storms of trouble will not blow me away. Ah, repeat that again. That's really good. When my identity is rooted in him, the storms of trouble will not blow me away. Right. So it doesn't say that storms won't come. It's it just come. won't overtake me. It's not overtake you. In a, and I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be weatherproof. Right. Yeah, weatherproof. Be weatherproof. But you know, we don't want to be like Peter, right? When Peter asked Christ, see Christ on the water walking, mm-hmm. he said, "Lord, who are you?" He said, "Who's yeah. this guy?" It's me. He said, "Bid me to come." Jesus said, "Come on." And what mm-hmm. happened when Peter walking on the water? He slipped in it. And then the slipping in it, wow, the wind and the storm. Oh, it overcame. It blew him away. <laughs> Is that what we're going with that? He was not weatherproof. <laughs> but Peter didn't slip. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he didn't slip, but he... But we know, we know. Took a but the point is that he took his eyes... Off God, yeah. Off Christ, and he began to sunk, right? Sink. Um, what I said? Sunk. Sunk. Excuse me, sink. Right? Um, excuse me, bad just, grammar. Just keep but going. Sink. We but the point is, is that if Peter have kept his eye on the true comforter, mm-hmm. you know, he will walk where Christ is. And oftentimes... You know, we allow the the situation, the trouble, the storm of life to get us off track, mm-hmm. and that's and that's what the enemy does. The enemy do those things so that we don't look to God, the true Comforter. He wants us to depend on others, but on that God. Mm-hmm. But when we understand that God is our true Comforter, I mean, it settles everything. And right? the the text that we're using, I would love to. Let me go back because this is a great read. And as I mentioned earlier, my husband has material for everything. Um, oh, and I don't have the author's name, but it's a chapter of uh, building relationships by identifying with suffering. Right. And one of the things noted is how do you comfort people? Number one, you don't comfort them by letting them know that everything will work out. Well, the text tells us how it do. Right? Because Paul said, God is the father of our com- compassion and the God of our comfort who comfort us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. So when we know that God no, no, is the... No, no, I was yeah. saying we don't comfort them by saying things will work out. 
No. Because sometimes no, you know. they won't. Right. And, and that's the biggest misconception, right? Well, we, and that's why... We want to say, it's going to work. Don't worry. Everything's going to work out. Right. Everything's going to work out. It and might not. Yeah. You know, and then we get upset about that because we're expecting a better result. And then we get mad at God. Well, you know, you just we get mad at others. Right, you just introduce something. That's why we have to be led of the Holy Spirit and pray before that when we, we approach talk to, somebody. to yes. talk to somebody. Because sometimes even your good words sometimes can cause pain. Mm. You know, even though you have good intention, right? And it just can cause pain because people when we look at you and say, you know, you don't really understand what I'm going to. Right. But when we understand that the our true comforter is God Himself, now with that perspective and that understanding, then it 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 may help to point that person. Listen, I have received it, and you know, and I wanted to reciprocate what I've received to point you that God is the true comforter. Listen, you can't look to anybody else, and He's the. The, the source of all compassion. The source of all compassion. And that's the key. God mm-hmm. is the source of all compassion. So you have to go to God to ask for those knowledgeable words before you decide to and not only speak that too, to somebody right, about it right. when you are ill-equipped. When you when you are ex- just not ready to ready. Right. But yes, it can be that person. When you experience true compassion. Mm. Then yourself begin to be compassionate to others who go and through what they go and through. That's so true. Because if you don't acknowledge that God is the true compassion of 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 of, of your suffering, right? If you don't experience that, then you can't really show compassion to others who's going through. But when you are a recipient of God's compassion, then you're able to have compassion and understanding. With what people are are going to, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a a believer. It could be a right. non-believer as well. Where does that intersection fall for you? God being uh, the true person of compassion, and then you being compassionate for others. Where does that intersection? Where do you find yourself in that intersection? You know, I find myself in that intersection when when I be, when I begin to when God begin to show my own struggles my own rebellion and my own stubbornness that he has to be patient with me and God should say if if I can be patient with you I sure you can be patient with others so okay. once that began to begin to resonate in my own mm-hmm. soul mm-hmm. you know once I began to resonate in my own soul then I began to exhibit that compassion to others yeah. because you know I tell you you know, I I, I I was gracious as not mentioning, you know, um, in my relationship, I would be so hard on my wife and some situation. So hard. And God began to show me, he said, listen, if I can have, if I can be patient with you, mm-hmm. then you need to be, be patient with your wife. And that was a conviction for me. So Thank that was the intersection right there. So when... When I when I realize that God is so compassionate towards me, my God, my mess, right, the sins that I've done, the people I've hurt, right, and God said, if I can if I can demonstrate my compassion to you, yeah, then you need to do because no one's second. everyone's not perfect. Only perfect person is Jesus, right? And so we can't expect people to change or do things we want them to do on our timing. You know, it's it's God's timing. And we have to, but I don't want to make that an excuse. A lot of people say, it's, you know, right. in God's time. The goal is this: Are you? But you have to, you have to show them compassion. You, you have, have to, to show them, them compassion and be. And patient. you can't, you can't change people by judging them and and being mean to them. 
Right. That's not gonna. That's not gonna work. Right. And then, and, and the compassion, having true compassion, that you want people to experience God's love. Right. That's and you're not key. gonna get it if you're judging or right. Um, and if you lack compassion, there's no way. Right. If you lack compassion, there's no way no one can experience God's love. Right. And in uh, in their own situation. Right. So our second one, where were you going with that? The comfort we have received from the Lord has ministry in view. Has ministry in view. And this is where a, a lot of us miss that opportunity, doesn't it? Mm. Right. That, you know, what we are going to, you know, we're not saying, oh, God has given me ministry. No, no, it's not the concept here, right? Right. But when we go to the situation, God has prepared us to minister to minister to others. It sets us to, up. Uh, it set us up to, to share. To share what God has done. Correct. You know, it's not about trying to create a ministry and have followers. No. It created opportunity mm-hmm. for ministry mm-hmm. to introduce what God has done in your life. Yeah. And and you know, that is a, a great factor. Yeah. Because now, you know, we are recipient of his grace. Yeah. We share said, what we've received. We share what you receive. I mean, how dare us not to share Keep what we quiet. have experienced or not? You see, that's what when Jesus talking about, you know, forgiving others, right? Mm-hmm. He said, "Listen, don't expect the Father to 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 forgive you if I can't forgive you, mm-hmm. because if I say God has forgiven me, well, if I'm a recipient of God's forgiveness, then you should also forgive. Then I reciprocate others. that back to others as well, right?" So, you yeah. know, it doesn't work that way, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. But when we experience the true compassion of God, it creates ministry opportunity for us to share what God has done. Yeah, I agree. In our lives. So we are recipient of God's grace. And that's why I, I keep saying, you know, as Christian, I say this in my Bible study over and over. And I, I remind myself with this. We are to be one of the most humble people. Mm-hmm. Because my God, when we understand the magnitude of what God has done for us, right? Amen. We we shouldn't be hesitate to say, well, let me think about it. No. You know, I also think about in the Bible and just in general, God takes the people who are the worst of the worst and turns them into something unbelievable. You know, and so that's a story for them to share. That's a story for you to share. You know, whether you were a drug addict, an alcoholic, an abuser, and then God took you took you and flipped you around. You can't hide away from your story on what God took you from. And don't right. act like that never happened. Because if it didn't, he wouldn't have used you for what he is using and for now. And that's the purpose of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. I but most people this. shy away from that. They don't want to say what God took them from or brought them from. Um, but that's exactly the reason why he did it. Right. Was for you to share. If he can do it for you, look at me pointing. And he can do it for you or right. them. He can do it for you. And know your limitation as well, right? In in the words, when I say limitation in the sense mm-hmm. of... You know, um, God may deliver somebody from from crack cocaine. Let's use that from Ouch. drugs, right? Okay. That does not mean that what what I'm going to it doesn't limit me to do the ministry, right? But more so, you know, God will deliver somebody from that environment, mm-hmm. and 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 no, place them back. I don't think everybody has to go in ministry just because they've been delivered for something. Right. I think that's a specific. But ministry Calling. means, right, it's just sharing. But I'm just God. sharing. Right, you sharing. know, maybe they can go into rehab centers right. and say, I am a testimony of why you can. You share what, what God can has happen. done in your life. Right. That's ministry. You share right. what God has done It doesn't in mean your you life. have to jump on the pulpit. That's a grave yeah, right. misconception. It's a lot of people in a pulpit 
sharing stories that you'll need to be sharing or sharing your testimony. And God didn't put that on you. Right. Because, you know, people, you know, let me say people falsifies. False yeah. prophets, right? Right. They falsify some stuff that is not true because they make themselves look as as if, man, God has really lived this person out of this. And, he made and then look feel what as they if, got. You just say, man, oh, oh, man. Now I'm trying to look at my experience as being insignificant, yeah. right? Yeah. But every experience is is equal to God, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in, in, in drugs for over 20 years, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a cheater and God delivered me from it. Listen, his testimony don't make my testimony look bad. It just means that God has created an opportunity for all of us. You're just sharing different share, testimonies. Right, and he created ministry through mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah. Now, the third thing that we need to talk about is that you know um, God wants us to share in Christ's suffering, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In Christ's suffering. Now, <laughs> how many believers today wants to share in Christ's suffering, especially in America? Right. I've I've read this <coughs> in the book, um, The Body by. Dr. Um, Pastor Chuck Colson, who passed away. Mm. And he was talking about how God has worked miraculously in the um, in Czechoslovakia, in those areas. I know his name's not there anymore. And how God was just moving in those nations to bring, bring the gospel and there's so many persecution. And one of the pastors said this here. He said, you know, um, I don't think America really understands what it means to suffer. For God, or just and in suffering, just, general. Just in just suffering. suffering. I'm not saying you know um, mm-hmm. to to belittle your suffering. We can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. But when you had a place where you understand, when you, you lived through violence, seven four, what twenty four seven, twenty four seven, yeah, right, every day. I mean, look at Ukraine. What's happening over there? Well, not only you can in Nigeria, Christians being well. I'm just suffering. I mean, I'm yes, just saying example, it's on TV. Right. Everybody right. know that. Well, they don't know about what's going on in Nigeria too. But oh. the point is, is you know, um, you know, we share our share Christ's suffering. Yeah. Right? You have Let been called Do you to think, suffer so right. that you would experience God's comfort. Do you think you're ready to suffer for Christ? Mm-mm. Why? Why do you think you're not ready? Am I ready? I mean, I don't think anyone wants to suffer. Don't sign. I mean, if there was a list uh, for the suffering club, don't sign me up. I don't want to be president of the Suffering Club. I always say this in Bible study that sometimes. But now that I know it's what inevitable. that looks like. It's inevitable. And we're going to go through right. it. And I think I'm slowly growing a little bit more in my Christian faith. I understand what the purpose of suffering is. And so when I see when I see it happening, as if I, I mentioned, I think, part one, we're in a su- I'm in a suffering season, right? This has been a year of, you know what? You know how at the end of the year, this is 2022, and in social media page that you go to, they're giving you the opportunity to recap your year and go through pictures and and videos of everything that happened from January to December. And as I was preparing mine, you know, and I even said our first installment of this, I just, this has been a year. This has been probably the most tryingest, if that's a word, worst year I've ever had. Looking back on those reviews and those recaps, I had to think to myself, yeah, this was a tough year. I didn't get the things that I wanted. I didn't get the things I thought I deserved. But boy, I had a pretty good year. And so I had to really think, 
to myself, well, how is that? This was arguably the hardest year I've ever had. Anyone can attest to it that knows who knows me and has heard what's going on. But then I can look back and say, I've done a lot of things that have made me happy. A lot of things that we've done together as a family right. that we've experienced. Um, but here's the thing, though. Those, so what do you do with that? I mean, that... That means they can coexist. Co- you can exist, suffer right. and still enjoy life at the same time. But the question is, I asked, though, right? But what do you say this is true? I don't want to be in a suffering club. Is um, that what you were asking me? As I said in part two, really, it's inevitable, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Because Jesus said that to follow him, we will suffer for his name's sake. So right. There's no way around it. Right. And I always say this here, you know, I said, Lord, I want, I want to be prepared. Yes, I, you know, we go through some level of suffering, but I want to be prepared that when the time comes when mm-hmm. that we really have to suffer for Christ. Right. That we are ready to do so. Right. Well, yeah. So I guess back to your question. Intentionally, no one wants to suffer. But as I said, as I go back and look at those video reels, all that suffering, all that good has brought us to where we are today. And so if I hadn't had those sufferings, again, as I keep saying, this podcast would be null and void. Right, null and null and void. But every Um, suffering we go through is really preparing us. Yeah. It's preparing us. It's maturing us. But I would have never thought that in the beginning of my suffering. No, we never thought that. Exactly. So if, if, if... if I wouldn't have had those sufferings, we wouldn't be here today. That's all I'm saying. Well, and if God have shown you everything, you 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 probably not been sitting years on about that. Oh, well, it's gonna happen anyway. Mm. No, God permitted. But you know, I don't know if that answered your question. No, well, you know, to some extent. But you know, what about you? Well, as I said before, I want to be. Prepared. You want to be a president of the suffering club? No, it's not about being a president of the suffering club, right? Because they say, what well, other part they say, God wants us to share in Christ's suffering, right? And oftentimes, like you know, we so don't are you face are that you reality. prepared? Do you, are you ready for I that? I want to be prepared. I wanted to be prepared. Okay. To do so, because we look at the book of Acts when the apostle would got suffered. I mean, they went back. They wanted them to come back, and they went back right to the same place and then all of that too yes mm-hmm. the power yes the yes the 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 the, the power dashful, uh disposition that they rejoice mm. that they were were suffering for with Christ because they identified with the suffering servant yeah. right so I, I say that to say all of this is that we have to be prepared that the reality is there that mm-hmm. when it does happen you know it, it identify us with the suffering servant. Right. Right. Nothing. Oh, it's, it's no one outside. Look at that. Oh wow. Wow. Oh. Snow. Uh, I know it's New York. Yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. We see through the window. It's snowing, but uh, it happened. But anyway. But let oh, me but read we this have. That means we have snow for Christmas. Right. So let me read this here in First Peter. Where are you at? I mean. Oh, four, right twelve, and thirteen. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Four, Can I read that? Can yeah, I read go that? Ahead, please go ahead. Dear friends, I know right? I love to read, happy read this. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! This is the revelation. This is this is where this is where it hit me, right? Um, Peter says it this way: Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. What's the key phrase in that? Oh, come on now. (laughs) 
gonna just tell you what I what I what I came up with um, in my revelation. So much so when I was reading it, again I posted it on Instagram and Twitter. Um, suffering does not mean God's plan has failed. It is the plan, right? And, and that right there was just like. Well, the purpose of asking that no. was not to throw you off because something that he said in the text, they said, he mm-hmm. said, consider there's something strange. Yeah. And it also, right. it also notes, and this is what I highlighted, um, suffering is a sign that we're in the family of Christ. So if we're suffering, we exactly. belong to him. Did I get it? Yeah, exactly. Suffering means because we belong go back to, to him. Because again, that you are right. in the community of faith. Right. right. And it says we suffer because we carry his name. Right. We suffer because we know, uh, wait, we suffer so that we may know him more deeply and appreciate his grace more full. And then lastly, we suffer so that we may be part of the good he does in the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And that's really where my 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 light bulb, if, as Oprah would say, there's my aha moment. That's so if you ask me, right, go ahead. if you asked me earlier, would you sign up for the suffering club? No. But then, after reading and understanding the purpose of suffering, I'll be the treasurer. So I'm here to be the treasurer. But now you keep saying sign up for the know. suffering club. I'm, it's, say, I'm just using I'm it in. as an example. <laughs> Work with me here. I mean, you no, 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 be I'm all... saying that. No, no. Well, you're saying something that that is true. I'm because, just saying. You know, the day that because we, we all suffer, everybody's Christ, a part right. of the suffering club. If we're the honest, the day that we give our life for Christ, yeah. you know, we're gonna suffer for His name's sake. So it's, it's, it's but inevitable. I'll be the I'll be the I'll be the secretary. Mm. Secretary. <laughs> I'll be the secretary of the club. I'll take the suffering minutes. You taking the suffering minutes? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Don't read those suffering minutes back. I'm not going to read those back. But no, sometimes it's good to read back those suffering minutes. Sister Beulah, I'm not going to read those minutes back. <laughs> All right, number four. We, even our suffering does not belong to us, but to the Lord. Oh, my God. Mm. This is the big one. Because sometimes when mm. we think that we're going through a situation, they think it's all about us. It's all us. about us. Which right. we make it all about us. Woe is me. Feel my, feel my, see me in my mess. Have pity on me. Pray for your sister. I'm going down. I like what the author said. You know, here. we make it about us. Right. He said, Pray know, for your brother. He honed those crushing and past experience. Sometimes we yeah. have plans, it doesn't come to, and God interfere with it. I know and that all too well. We feel like, you know, the rejection alone. Christ owns those things that we go to. So we think that. We are, it's all about me. God owns those um, rejection, those pain, those disappointments. Because why? Because now we are one with him, right? Mm-hmm. We identify with him. And He's, that was the plan all along. Mm-hmm. As I said before, when we make plans, God laughs. And here's the number one goal. Right. Is, here's the ultimate goal. He wants to die. He wants us to die to our flesh. Mm. That's the key. Which you know, means what? Means that get rid of your, your your earthly thinking. Your earthly thinking. That is because the in ultimate your control. goal, as Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. Because the ultimate goal of our suffering is to lead us to be like Christ. What if I told you, and I'm sure you have it in your notes, suffering gives you power. Oh, well, definitely. What would you say to that? Who was ever thought that? Suffering gives you Who ever thought that? When you're power. in your when you're in your suffering. But how do we receive Sage. the power? How do you do that? How do we exercise the power? You care to share? <laughs> Here you go. What's, what's up with you? Uh, um, Jeopardy, <laughs> Alex Trebek, giving me all these questions. Uh, no, I, I tend to do that with my wife. <laughs> 
But now what she said, it gives you. But how? Power. How does it? Because now when you realize, as Paul said in Second Corinthians twelve,、mm-hmm. that I'm weak, then the power of God can rest upon us. You get His power. Get His power. Get to exercise His power.、Mm-hmm. And guess what, guys? The Holy Spirit lives in us.、Mm-hmm. We get to exercise the power that God has given us. But we cannot exercise that until we reach a place when we die. Yeah.、Oh. To the flesh. Okay. When we die to the flesh, now realize that it has to be God, and、mm-hmm. we know that that because remember this, it is part of God's redemptive plan,、mm-hmm. right? To bring us to a place where we do we die to the flesh and become alive to Him. Yeah.、Right? Because remember, you know, there's there's a、oh、war that is taking place in us, right? All right. God want to get rid of your flesh. So that you can come into a place of newness with them. And then, what's our what's our last one? Our last one. Let me read Second、uh, Galatians two twenty. Paul said, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is not it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me." So Paul said, "Now." I'm not in the flesh no more, but I'm、mm-hmm. in this new life that God is giving、mm-hmm. me. So I'm resting myself in this new life、mm-hmm. and let Christ live out through me.、Mm-hmm. Because it, remember, the goal is that that when Christ lives out through us, then we become that window of God's glory. Bang! Window, right? Window. Our last one is that. That was it. Nah, number five. The redemptive purpose in all this is to hope. I thought I said that in a fallen world, but、no? you know, sometimes you say things. No, I don't think you say that. Ah, you know, it's the the redemptive purpose in all this is hope, hope in, in a, a fallen, fallen world. Because remember, oh man, you know, sometimes you know when you think about just suffering, and I always tell you, well, I haven't always said this, but during my season of suffering this year. There was a point in my in my time where I said,、um, "Babe, I am hopeless. I have lost all hope."、Mm-hmm. And I think when you get to that point, that is a telltale sign that something needs to happen.、Um, and in, and and and, and it's support、okay. support、right. has to show up、support、because when you、up. are、yeah. at the point where all hope is gone. And you don't think that anything else is left. You don't think that your life is worth living. Then you think that you don't think that you have you anything else to contribute. Do you think that then that comes that a problem?、Way? I don't think they should, but they do. You know why I think? I think they do. Yeah, they do. Because you know, as I said, you think Christians should feel hopeless? Not to feel hopeless. That's what you said. Well, let me correct myself here. You should never want to feel. You're not saying you don't want to want to feel hopeless, but the reality when we're talking about <coughs> being transparent, <laughs> what we go through, right? The the thing is that sometimes we don't want to over spiritualize it.、Right? No, I'm not saying. I'm no, I'm not saying, saying you're saying that. that. I'm not saying、all. you're saying that. I'm saying we can suffer, right? But suffering. But my is, question was: d- Is, is distracted from? Should be at that place. As again, I don't think they should, but do they? Yes. yes. I have been in a place where I have felt hopeless, and when all hope is gone, in my experience, and that's my that means does that make you feel unchristian when you feel that way? I just feel unhuman. 
Like there's nothing else left. Once you feel hopeless, it's like why? Why? What, why what else? What else is? What else is there? Right. Because I feel like as long as you have a little bit of hope, which is God is hope, God is love. God wants you to. God wants to raise people filled with hope. If you are, if you have hope extracted from your being, that means that religion or God is no longer even available to you. That's how you feel. Oh wow, wow. Because what? you feel like, well, what's the point? If I have nothing else to hope for, if all hope is lost, then why? Why am I here? But whenever you, whenever we find, and that's why I say Christians should never right. get to that point because that means that you're not even in a godly space anymore because you've given up on God. Not necessarily giving up on God because remember, look at Elijah. Yes, you have. You know, when you have all hope I mean, is when, lost, when hope, there is no other resolution, and that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, uh, I tend to differ with that. Well, I don't think that that means that you've never been hopeless. Not been a place where where I find myself hopeless. Mm-mm. You know, it's like I can't go on. But my point was by by saying that is that it's okay to find yourself in those situations because when you find yourself in those situations now, there's <laughs> as you said, there's no other place. Get your, get but, your drink. There's no other place but drink. to look up, right? To the to the source, to the true compassion. I agree. But uh, if you have, that's all I'm saying. If you have that's a modicum of hope. Then that's when you look up. But I'm saying when all hope is lost, but, sometimes it's even hard for God to get you out of that. No. You know why I said I know? Because the Bible said in Romans. Well, not God to get of course he's gonna pull you out of that. Of but for God. you to for you to get out of that right. from God is what the I want to say. Hope of God is spread across in us, which is the holy. But there's Spirit. a lot of hopeless people. Why do you think there's a lot of hopeless people? What do you think? You think within Christian in the church as well? They're not, they're not gonna say it. They're not gonna say it. Right. Um, a lot of that might be from past traumas, past issues. Um, people saying that everything's gonna be okay and it didn't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. People saying it's gonna work out and it didn't. Listen to me. I've you know, been there before. Where I make plans, it didn't work out. Yes. My you know, and, was I'm, and you just, you just, you know, you just don't know. And maybe that's just, maybe, maybe that's just on me. Maybe but no, 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 no. You're me. right because you know I'm I'm, I'm not going to give a lot of details. Because I've had issues. I've had times where just things have not worked out. You but that's not, not right. what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. I'm talking about when I've been at even even more concentrated than a rock in a hard place. You know, people say, "Oh, you're between a rock and a hard place. You're having a hard time." Yeah, I get that. But I'm saying when you have felt like there is nothing else left. Mm-hmm. And all hope is stripped away. Because when you stop hoping, that means you stop believing. Stop believing. And that's true. And that's if you true. stop believing, that, that means that you think God has nothing else left for you. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Right. Now, and I'm not if you feel that I way, when you're I don't, I pray right. Christians or I pray people never feel that. But have they? I'm sure they have. Will what? they share that? No, because that's going to make them feel like they aren't a Christian. Exactly. And that was my point. That was my okay. point. That was my just point. Just let us... Okay, we just yeah. had to unpack that. Yeah. yeah unpack and I feel like, like... I feel like... Right. Yeah. And I feel right. like I've done a disservice as a Christian. Right. Um, because, because I felt that... Because people look at you as feel as if... Where you were... 
Well, you're yeah. not really strong then. Yeah, right? yeah, yep. know, Okay, there. yep. I mean, look at, I mean, look, my God. That's it. Look at, I mean, what you said is, yeah. is absolutely true. Because sometimes we have to unpack these yeah. situations. And we, and we give out generic responses and we say, everything's all right. Everything's going to be okay. You know, he can do this for me. You ain't thinking that. You right. didn't think that way. You but still you remember, showing up, right. just faking it till and you make it. whenever we find ourselves at that, 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 that place in life, we got to understand God's redemptive purpose. Yeah. We cannot but I think miss it. it's hard to see that. If no, you you're don't not, see not, that no. he's... I mean, you're, you're not going to see it if, right away. If, if all hope is lost, right. you, ain't, you ain't thinking about that. So it, it's incumbent upon but if you, you right, the goal is either that. as my husband <laughs> or as a pastor or you as a congregation member or you as a family friend to see right. that don't look right. You need, I don't care if you trust me or not. Someone needs to jump in. Someone needs to step in and start you know, praying for what sis. What I want to say is true. Looking at sis. There's a situation. Laying not, hands on yeah, sis. Not, you know not what I'm give, saying? Give too much detail. Their point in my life is say. Telling other people to check in. Right. To check in. And that's the key. But what my wife said is so true. It's not that I'm disagreeing with her. I'm just trying to you push the You just said it's so true. Yeah, so true. Yeah. You know, and I'm saying, I'm just pushing the hymn up a little bit to. Yeah. To. to but the point is that I, I I do felt, you know, recently, you know, I said to my wife, sometimes I don't feel like fill out such and such because mm-hmm. I'm so discouraged. What does sense do that? Yeah. But I, I'm, I I'm reminded the, again. Yeah. I'm reminded again. You know, look to the one who has the answer. Yeah. Because sometimes. The purpose of what we're going through is God's redemptive purpose. He's changing us. That's the goal. God is changing us into his image. Yeah. To a place where we can mature. Because, you know, I will say this in my Bible. Sort of and I, I just want to interject. I think yes. that feeling that you have is valid. A lot of people think. And that's things, my point. That's my point. A lot exactly. of people think things should go the way that they right. want it to mm-hmm. go. But I don't think that was hopelessness. That was discouragement. That was discontent. That was just tiresomeness, so weariness. Right. It's like there's no hopelessness way to me is you didn't travel all this way and you at the end of the road ain't nothing left but water. But when you hit the border, there's so nothing, what you're you gonna do? Nothing. You're you at the you at the end of the road. So either you're gonna get out and swim to your destination, you're gonna get out and sink, or you're gonna turn back around. Those um, are your only choices. I'll commit suicide. But some people do find That's why I'm saying get that in the, place, that. Right, well, yeah. I wasn't saying it like that. I was trying to be more abstract. No, no, no. We got to be real about it. But you're right. People do but find that's, that the place. Exactly. When you hit yeah. hopelessness, that's the next choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a person's head. That's your obvious choice. Then why bother? Why bother? Because you ain't work. Yeah. God, you ain't working out for me. I actually, I pray for this. You ain't gave it to me. You know, I, you brought us here. What are we supposed to be doing? Right. I had to just to hopeless. Yeah, man. I yeah. I could I could resonate to that. That's all I'm. That's all yeah, I'm saying. If we're resonate. gonna because you find because I did find myself this year at a place where you know um where you know it may not be of suffering, but sometimes I don't know if it's suffering or not. But you do find a place where you try. Well, you're discontent, your right? Discontent, and you're at your wit's end. You're weary, and I, my two dogs was here. I didn't cry before then. They were then, and I came up. Oh yeah, and I slammed my hand. I said, "God, what is going?" Pedro on? was, was like, looking for a, um, a, a, an optimistic resolution to something, and it didn't pan out like didn't he wanted to. Wanted out. And I got frustrated. I, I got, think you know what, and if I'm honest about it, I don't know where we are. 
that your disappointment impacted me and took me back to where I had recently got delivered from. Mm. Say that again. Say that again. You know how I was doing good on my thing? Mm-hmm. And then when you said that, I was like, I don't know how to cope no more. Mm. Let me go back. Mm. And I started, I started again, right? Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And it was just like, That's okay, if, if this guy's got the straight connection to, if this guy's got the, the connection to Christ and it's not working out for him, then what does that say about me? Mm. What does that say about what he's doing for us as a family unit? Right. So I said, oh, well, put my hands up. Let's just go on back doing what I've been doing. Because even when I'm doing right, mm. Things weren't working out. To get worse. And you didn't bless us. Right. So let me go on back to doing what makes me feel good. But remember we said in part one also, and I just want to read. And then the, and then right. everything else you know, ensued what is, from right. there. I, I made it worse. Right. Are we hearing God's voice in everything that we're going through? And that's the key, you know, to be quite honest with mm-hmm. you. Are we hearing God's voice? Because sometimes when we don't hear God's voice, you know, we, we do see the place of hopelessness. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, think about it, man. I, well, I want to go in. So there's so much to say, but what my wife say, it is true. When you find yeah. yourself, and that's the thing about it, you know, we don't want people to find themselves at that place and think that the only solution is no, is the, my God, is the S words, you know, suicide, no. and that's it. But, but it, I was simply that's... saying that when when you find yourself at that place oh where God. you think there's no hopelessness, that's not. Don't let them lie to you. There's nothing else. You know what I did since I mean I was there, um, and I only I only did it because you're here, mm-hmm. because I have your example. What would Pedro do in this situation? And I, I think the girls were gone, and you know I put little cushions on the little pillows on the floor. And I was like, let's just try this thing out. Let's mm-hmm. just see if this really works. Amen. And Amen. I, I got on my knees and oh, I cried. I mean, I cried without even saying a word. I don't think I uttered. I think I said, Lord. It was like, but I cried saying, for like a half right. hour. That's what, um, what you just said. Well, and that's, but you have to know that. And I did that because I had an example. You have an example. I knew that's that. Exactly. I knew that that S was not the right option mm-hmm. because when you're at that point you don't care if you got kids you don't care if you got a spouse they'd be all right because the idea is they're gonna be better off without you anyway mm-hmm. i'm just getting in the way right so i got on my knees and i said lord this this is not where it ends you be. right i know there's and- something more for me give me strength to keep going until amen. you're ready amen and for that's me to why, reach what I right, want. And that's why it's important for yeah. us to share. Yeah. And it ain't experience. no bad, let me tell you. I ain't get up and jobs start calling and you didn't get up speaking in tongues. Money start working, speaking in tongues. None of that no, none of that happened. happened. But right here, that changed. Transformation. That, that's the key. That changed. God is transforming us in our suffering. That changed. It, leads to transformation. it felt like there was a, a Leads that, to a that, greater relationship. I feel like the anchor him. that was sitting on top of my soul was lifted, mm. and Amen. I became—I won't say hopeful because that means that you're full of hope. You become a new creation. That was a modicum of. I started. I started back. You know when you when you get gas and you start sputtering down, and your car stop, and then you walk down the street, you put that five dollars worth of gas in, and it gets you just enough to go to get you to get a full tank. Right. God put that five dollars 
of hope in me, and I just started with a little bit of gas. Oh boy, that sounds good. Girl, you're preaching. Boy, I'm gonna come on. Well, I'm gonna let on. you do a little preaching. All right, now. But I got I'm gonna that get your <laughs> testimony. I got I got five dollars of hope deposited into my spirit. You know, look. Don't I'm giving you some good. Don't say a word. Don't do this to me. Yes, praise the Lord. Don't do this to me. God uh, is good. Grant Brown. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling you. No, that's good. I'm no. being, I'm being openly transparent. Yeah. And for everyone who sees it, it's, it is what it is. Because right. I, t- I, I talk about people need testimonies, but all I'm saying I was not hopeful. Right. As is my, is my hope tank on F? No. It's about a quarter tank. No. It's about three. It's right. about uh, this is full. This is half. It's about right here. All right. Right. Yeah. And but that good. just means and what does that? Good. What does that mean? I can keep going. Can keep going. And that's all. Sometimes you need. Because now that's when it. we come to the truth. And so that's how you tell your story. Right. That's how you tell your story. That's the end that we were trying to get. Because we ain't making us a part. What's this part three? We ain't making it a part four. That's That's how you tell your story. You focus it on Christ. Because I ain't do none of that myself. Nor did I desire to want to. Because I was done. That is so true. She was done. And let me tell you. I was done. I put him through it. ourselves in that place. It means that God's hands is heavy. Yeah. God is about to do a transformation. And it was scary. If we're honest. It was scary for you. Yeah, for all of us, to be honest with you. But, you know, we thank God. We thank God. And, you know, I know this is the, we're coming to um, the end of the year, yeah. end of the year and 2023. Oh, thank God. You know, literally, thank we God. We value every ups and downs that we've been through. And we thank God. And God will receive the praise and the glory for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. you know, next year we're talking about what? Next year. Ugh. Church Hurts. We are beginning the Church Hurts series. series, helping unpack recognizable trauma. Mm. And you're going to probably hear more of that story I got, because yeah. it's it's a lot. Yeah. We but wanna, just not yeah. mine. Yeah, it's just not Everybody. The goal of this podcast, podcast we're doing is that, that, you know... Someone can hear what yeah, we have to say. I know. Yeah, a little reflux yeah, going on. Um, Are you beclamped? Yeah, our story? stories and and resonate and transform. This is for the glory of God. We're and sharing our story this is because God said God. so. But one thing we would say that and we're to not, give Him glory. Right, it's not, not about use, us, right? We're not gonna use this platform and beat anybody down. Because we've been beat down enough. We, we ain't doing enough. it. This platform is gonna be a place where Christ will be glorified, and people can relate. To stories that has been shared, and you can say if that if it happened to you, it's time church I to can get help back others. in sharing testimony in the church. Yeah. People need to hear what God has done and what He's doing in your life. Mm-hmm. All right. With that said, we want to thank you so much. Boy, that was long. you know so that was for, long. We thank you for, but it was it was worth it. It was worth it. And if we're gonna talk about suffering with a the purpose, there's always the end game. To worship Christ. And the goal is God's redemptive plan. So this is how you comfort each other. other in suffering. God bless you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. And oh, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs>